0: High voice guy for no reason. Never understood it. ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM. The gang's back together. Ed, Tyler. Critiquing yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Whacking that thing around. uh, Yeah. uh, Well, it's just embarrassing. I don't know why the high voice ever.
1: What's happened? Like the last couple of weeks, you've been like randomly critiquing your own voice during our rejoins. It's just It's embarrassing. I I don't know what happened. (laughs) I get excited. Excited to be here. He's just doing his own self-critique. He's just listening to these rejoins, oh, disgusted in his own voice, apparently.
0: Yeah. The only thing I'm not disgusted is whacking that thing around. You're in the Press Box with Tyler Bischoff and NSMA Nevada Sports Writer of the Year, Ed Greeney. Not Joining
1: us from the Raiders <laughs> practice facility out in Henderson is Ed Grady. Ed, are you uh, critiquing your voice again from that rejoin?
0: Yes I am. Uh, yeah, I uh got the high voice going most days. I don't know why. Get excited so the high the voice the more excited the voice goes higher.
1: All right. What do you what do you see right now? What's happening?
0: Well, we came out here, they brought us out a little late today. So they're just stretching right now and now their Raiders are stretching. I see Cleve Furrell. Oh he looks. Uh, yeah. So back to back. Do not see Darren Waller, although with Josh McDaniels' answer this morning about Darren Waller, don't expect to see him for a while. Said uh, Working himself back, working hard. He's in every meeting. He's in everything other than uh, action on the field. So he's uh, working hard and uh, trying to come back so in every meeting.
2: He's, he's, work- he's working on those meetings. Good job, uh, Darren Waller. Ed, yeah. ha- have you been able to get your decoder ring for Josh McDaniels yet in the amount of time that he's been here to try to read into what that means for Darren Waller going forward? He didn't
0: seem overly, he didn't want to put a uh, date on it, but he did say uh, Waller understands how important he's going to be for the season. So because he was asked specifically, do you think he'll be there for the season opener? And he wasn't going to say yes or no on that. We knew that. But, I don't think he came off that he was worried that he would not be the season opener. If you kind of try to read between the lines, he did not come off as they think at this point he's going to miss the season opener. So that was my Dakota ring for that. And it's hard to have a Dakota ring with Josh. We've talked about Josh before. He's uh, he's good with the media. He says a lot uh, in terms of his words, but sometimes you have to go back and really think about what he said. But um, like you know, Tyler and I have talked about it. Um, he's been far better than maybe coming from New England and the Belichick you know, family tree than we maybe thought, Uh, answers questions, you know, really long answers, Um, not a, sometimes not substance to it because he, you know, there is a coach in him, but uh, yeah, Dakota ring says that he was not overly concerned that Darren Waller wouldn't be there in two weeks. You you remember guys, there's two weeks between uh, the last game now and then the start of the season. So maybe that makes him a little more optimistic that Waller will, uh, will be there.
1: All right. Important question for you. How far away are you from the actual practices when they go, you know, team on team? And, like, can you actually tell who's doing well and who's winning in practice?
0: Okay. So, 11 on 11s, were like, three fields away. So, that's almost impossible. <laughs> but seven on seven yesterday and other drills, we were, like, on the same field as the Raiders offense against the New England defense. And that's where Carr and Adams hooked up for, you know, the, the one pass down the sideline you might have – Heard about or read about was beautiful. I mean, it was it was a perfect pass. He beat he beat his guy. It was Devonte Adams being Devonte Adams. The others across the middle were nice plays, but safeties held up because obviously there's no taking to the ground. There's no real hitting going on. So I think everyone came away with hey, you know, it was like these were great practices and those guys were hooking up, which they were. But really, the one that stood out was the one down the sideline. Which man, if if he if he makes throws like that this year, they're they're going to be pretty good because it was an
2: absolutely perfect throw. And he's going to, of course, need time to make those throws, Ed. I was reading through the transcripts from the pressers yesterday, and Derek Carr was asked specifically about Illuminor. He was asked specifically about Parham. And it seemed like he was saying, yep, they're taking the coaching, they're working hard. This thing. It was weird to me because it wasn't the usual big praise you get from a quarterback to an offensive line about what a great job they're doing. Like, do you think Derek Carr senses the fact that this offensive line is going to be a concern?
0: I think he said, I mean, if he's watched the first three games, which he has, I think he says it's going to be a concern at least to start. I mean, what are they, is it 15 sacks? I'm trying to think of the number 13 sacks that they've given up, and pass protection has not been good at all. So, yeah, if I'm him and I'm watching Jared Stidham run around and try to avoid rushes and get sacked, I'm a little concerned. So, you know, he's not going to obviously take shots at his guys, but I don't know if he's going to go overboard and praise right now because he knows everybody's been watching and everyone's seen, you know, how much they've struggled in pass protection. Um, I think, you know, if it starts today, Illuminor is the starting right tackle. And I don't know about Parham. Parham ran with the ones yesterday. So, you know, uh, Josh McDaniels talked about him today being a rookie and still learning a lot of stuff, but he still ran with the ones. So we'll have to see today who's on the ones with the uh, offensive line. But yeah, I. To your point, I think he's—he'd have to be really concerned at this point that you know things aren't going to be you know all great up front at least to start the season unless they make a move for somebody.
1: Should the Raiders be trying to petition the NFL to change this year to seven on seven instead of eleven on eleven?
0: Ye- if it, if yesterday was any kind of uh, uh, scene, yes, I think they should change right now. Maybe they go eight on eight football flag, <laughs> and then if you have Devontae Adams, you're going to just destroy people because he was. He was really good. I we wish we could have seen more eleven on eleven. You know, we're just getting reports, you know, from you know other other sides that were closer. That maybe you know the Raiders. The Raiders had a really good practice yesterday. Got to remember they had an extra week of practice also, though. So you're seeing a team, I think, yesterday that you could tell had an extra week of practice than the Patriots. Um, at the end, Josh McDaniels talked about today. The Patriots kind of won in the end when they went like hurry up and red and red zone. That the Patriots were actually, according to Josh McDaniels this morning you know calling out a lot of what they're going to do because they know Josh McDaniels so well uh, and you know the Raiders <laughs> Josh McDaniels said that he noticed a lot of things obviously with the Patriots that are the same so that's the weird part about these these joint practices that they know each other so well they're actually like calling stuff out that they might be you know they might be running
2: and I'm going to shift gears a little bit even though you're out at Raiders practice um, because I I want to throw you a quick softball here um did you hear everything that Fernando Tatis Jr. had to say in his latest apology, and what did you think? If so,
0: I heard about a minute forty of it when he first sat down with the media and and you know apologized to everyone except you and I. Um, you know he probably said what he should. I think if you come out with anything else, you're you know you're openly questioned. I'm sure his agent and I'm sure AJ Preller said, look, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to handle it. You're going to apologize to everyone. Um, you know he came off as came off with some contrition. Um, you know, I, I don't believe it was ringworm. I don't believe it was something on his neck that his dad tried to come off as. But, um, you know, he's he's been punished for it. And, you know, I'm not uh, not crying about it. You know as you know that well. Uh, don't need him in the lineup in the playoffs, Adam. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, I think he, he, he came off as he was probably instructed to. Doesn't mean he doesn't mean it. I'm not going to say that. I don't know the guy, so I don't know if he meant it or not. But you've been around it. Long enough to know someone, you know, sat him down and said, "This is how we're going to handle this."
1: So, are you uh, excited about this uh, Dodgers team finally, Ed? You got to. At some point, you're going to have to be excited about them.
0: I'm excited. You know, I just, boy, you, you just, you just want me to admit they're really
3: yes, good. Yes, they you, are. You do, they don't lose. You do, to,
0: you do this to me every day, and I think they're the best team now. I've told you, I, they're always. This isn't the first year they've been the best team from like April to September. They're usually always out of yeah. one of the best teams. They get to October, and then it's about the pitching. I mean, that's, that's the only thing. If you said that, you know, Bueller was healthy and Dustin May pitched like he did the other day into the postseason, then I'd say, okay, I think they're going to the World Series. But Bueller's out for another year and a half now, and we'll see what Dustin May does after one start. But, you know, I mean, I just that's the only thing that concerns me. You know, if, if you go in a series and there's like, you know, DeGrom and Scherzer, and you can't beat either of those guys. Then you're down. You know, you're down two games already. That yeah, that worries me. I think the Mets are really good, um, the Braves. But the only thing that really um, allows me to be excited is that the Padres uh, will probably, the way it's looking, have to go through those teams. So, Tyler, you know, obviously, if they you the Padres in the playoffs, you'll never see me. Uh, I will be home, home, under covers. Um, you know, same prayers. Uh, and uh, sweating the entire day before the game starts. How
3: do you not like somehow rig it where you're like, I got to go cover this game for the paper?
0: No, <laughs> too far away, my friend. Too far uh, away. <laughs> all right. And I, I, I'd be I'd be a mess anyway. Come on, if I'm actually there, I'd be a complete mess.
3: Yeah, that's what I want. And then you bring Cassie, and she videotapes it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I have three quick questions out of the Patriots and Raiders: Who is big? Who is fast? And who has dipped their skull cap in the water the most?
0: Um, okay, so the Patriots are big. There's this one guy. We're not sure who he is, but he is a monster. <laughs> we don't know who he is. Uh, We had to look at the roster on that guy. He was a complete monster. He's big. Devonte Adams, who we're watching run routes right now, he's the fast one. And then what about water? I saw three guys. I think from the Patriots yesterday in the uh the tubs of water afterwards so they were the ones in the water
1: no no skull cap dunking nobody's dumping their, their no helmets in you there know what i
0: haven't seen the skull cap dunking the only thing i've seen about skulls this year are those protective skulls they wear in their helmets although they're not wearing them anymore
1: okay all right uh your skull cap you dunking would... was the best reporting you did last big, year Yeah,
0: big, big patriots fast uh fast raiders uh water tubs patriots
1: so you don't know the name of the big monster on the patriots
0: I do not. Um, we were walking Does past quickly. Does he have a number? And all, and all, and all Vinny, all Vinny uh, um, Fonsignor said was, look how big that guy is. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, it might be. Hold on. This is good reporting. I'm not so sure this was his number. No, that wasn't him. He's oh, too small. There's
1: another monster? Oh, that guy's too small. Okay. All right. That
3: guy's yeah. only six, six. All right. Well, uh, Ed...
1: Please enjoy trying to strain your eyes across three football fields to let us know how 11 on 11s go, and we'll see you
0: tomorrow. Yeah, I'm gonna have to borrow some binoculars for 11s, but I'll like I'll try to do the best I can.
1: All right, thanks, Ed.
0: All right, guys, have a good day.
1: So there is Ed Graney live from the Raiders practice facility, uh, but unable to see things. And by the way, Adam, I I think I have a new a new opinion, and we have new evidence about how the Raiders dominated practice yesterday, in that. Pretty much everything we saw from reporters that were there was after 7-on-7, and I would expect if the Raiders played 7-on-7, they'd be just as good as anybody in the NFL. And I missed the obvious piece, that they've had an extra week of practice. Obviously, you need the extra week of practice to work on your 7-on-7 drills. That's what it takes here. If the Raiders could get 7-on-7 games in, they're Super Bowl favorites. Like that, that, the one flaw in this team is now suddenly gone, no, no longer exists. We don't, we'd have to have one guy snap it to Darren Waller or to
2: Derek Carr, and that's it. Just make Colton Miller a center for a little bit. Team's going undefeated. I, I guess maybe, but the, the problem with that is if, let's say they put Andre James out there, Andre James against the Dolphins had a 12 pass block grade. I don't even think he could stop that one rusher. <laughs> All right, coming up next, Sam and Ash joined the show. It is what it
1: is. Uh, you know, for me, like, I didn't even hear about it Uh, we actually had within the building someone lost a family member so like i was so immersed in that and just talking to that person and that kind of stuff that it it was a moment to really put things in perspective like it really doesn't matter you know what i mean Um, at the end of the day anything i say will just be blasted out there so i'm just gonna completely remove myself and just keep trying to play football it's been nice just answering football questions uh, you know, and hopefully hopefully, no more drama in the city. That's what that's what I hope.
0: Call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit their website, samandashlaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Good morning,
1: Sam. Good morning, Ash. Ed is hiding from you guys again. He's actually out at Raiders practice, but I just will claim that he's hiding from you.
4: What? Who are the Raiders? Come on.
1: I I agree. I agree. He's got to go stand in the heat and watch the Raiders. Um, All right. The first story I want to talk to you guys about is Dennis Rodman, who says he's going to Russia to help Brittany Griner, or as he said, help that girl. Um, Who do you guys think gave him permission to go to Russia? No one. Dennis Rodman? (laughs) So when he says, I got permission to go to Russia, does
5: that mean he just bought himself a plane ticket? Well, it means he, he, he got a visa to go to Russia and he, you know, is he, that's it. He, that's only, maybe he, he went to the consulate, he went to the embassy and he, and he got permission to travel, which is a little tricky for Americans now. Um, I think it's a colossally bad idea. The last thing they need is <laughs> we need is another American hostage uh being held over there i suggest he keeps his vape pen and whatever other contraband he has uh, you know he carries with him at home uh but this is a disaster and i it's it's just a sideshow. and i don't think it'll i don't think anything will come of it particularly
4: what if they keep dennis rodman and give us Brittany griner back
5: <laughs> might be a win-win right so a lot
1: of people I might, know might, it might, take might be a trade. total win yeah they might take that trade so on the britney Griner situation uh she got sentenced finally in russia there were reports that the united states did make a you know prisoner swap offer that would include the arms dealer that has been here in the united states but britney grinder's still in russia hasn't come back i like we've talked about this before and how eventually it'll be some sort of prisoner swap but like if that offer isn't what russia wants what the hell does the united states actually offer that russia would take
4: well this is how settlement discussions any type of negotiation works you make an offer that you think the other person can't refuse and then when they refuse it they usually make a counteroffer. they say no no we want that and also these other two people and so right now it sounds like the ball is in russia's court to either accept the us's offer and send britney Griner back in exchange for the arms dealer that we have in custody, or to make a counteroffer and make additional demands, uh, and that's just kind of how the whole process will work out.
1: Uh, another story was uh, with Kenny Lofton, a former major leaguer, Kenny Lofton, who was hired by an investment firm, an NFT marketplace, uh, in 2021, and or that he he founded one, excuse me, and a guy he hired named Brandon Tony. Uh, eventually came and filed some complaints, basically, about Kenny Lofton and sexually inappropriate actions. Uh, Kenny Lofton was accused of sending pictures to women that worked for this company. And the guy who was fired, Brandon Tony, says that he got fired two hours after making those complaints. Now, Setting aside for a second what Kenny Lofton did and potentially, you know, uh, sexually inappropriate actions here. That
5: seems like a pretty obvious case of firing somebody in retaliation. Yeah. So, I mean, right. Look, it looks like this guy was an at-will employee, which means that, of course, his employment could be terminated at any point. I, I didn't read that there were on this particular case that there was an employment contract right there was a promise of employment uh, a pretty decent salary 85 grand and and he you know ultimately you know he lost that job so he has damages um you you know there might be a lot more to this all we have right now is one side of the story and it sounds pretty compelling right 2 hours later the guy's canned after making a complaint you know is he is he a a whistleblower does he fall under protections in his state for that it depends uh here he he may not necessarily be a whistleblower and there might be also a lot more there that makes the case for his termination reasonable so i you know i look at these cases and and it's you know sure i mean if the guy really is he often's really sending you know inappropriate picks uh, to to people in the company and somebody complains and gets canned, you know, does he have a case? Sure. Uh, but I mean it's very fact driven and and here I I think when you have just one set of allegations on one side, you, you don't really know what all the facts are.
1: Is there and, and the idea of it being like an at-will uh, state and, you know, the idea that you can get fired at any time for really anything. Like how do you I guess protect yourself if you are going to say, "Hey, my boss or somebody higher up than me in the company is doing blank and like how do you protect against being fired in retaliation when it's at an at-will situation
5: well i i highly recommend it's a great question i mean i think somebody ought to first consult with a lawyer you sit down you you get a you get a consultation it's like like with us i mean we're we you know this is it's free it doesn't cost you anything if you've been injured now we we don't handle all employment claims but but some do but certainly talk to any good attorney. And we're, we're happy to talk to people if they're in this uh, position and, and see what's going on and advise them and get involved before it happens, right? Before uh, you go in and talk to your employer and, and, and raise a complaint because there are certainly right ways of doing it and wrong ways. And, and it's it you know, depends on the situation. But yeah, I mean, I mean, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure.
1: Uh, We also have another story from the Washington Commanders, which uh, seems to happen every month. Maybe more than that. Uh, That team. Yeah. Their former uh, head athletic trainer, Ryan Vermillion, he is not being sentenced to jail over a DEA investigation. He is getting a year of probation and a $10,000 fine. Uh, Essentially, the accusation here is that he was illegally giving opioids to several players with the Washington commanders that was confirmed by the NFL and the NFL players association that basically he had uh, a pile of opioids from doctors that were not for specific players. And he would give those to players throughout the course of a season before we get into the actual like legal side of this. And I know you guys don't know this exactly, but, why does it sound like when I hear that, that that sounds like something that every NFL team is probably doing to some degree. Maybe it's not hey. opioids necessarily. <laughs> Toradol <Hey>. is not <laughs> like that. Just I don't, Like it, it's, you know, it's illegal. The guy got in trouble. He was not going to jail, but that just sounds like if you told me an NFL team was doing that, I would say, yeah, they probably all are.
4: Well, I think they all have doctors on staffs and that, and that's really what you're looking at is who has the ability to prescribe these prescriptions and, and, afford these opioids to players and here it's not the physical therapist it's or the trainer it's actually the team doctor and so they're saying you should go the other route and i would agree i think most team doctors have that readily available and that's where you would go but not the athletic trainer
5: and and this reminds me of tyler skaggs right that was a tragic case where it was what was some office guy a comm director that was giving out opioids to team to players in the angels and and it ultimately led to led to the death of a player is a, a real tragedy so i i'm with you i think it it does probably happen a lot more than we would imagine just really bad when it's not being handed out by a medical professional who's duly licensed and is um, you know has some form of expertise on 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 the players health uh, either
1: of you guys surprised that he did not get jail time, instead just probation and a fine?
4: Yeah, since I'm not surprised since there was no actual like negative situation where someone overdosed or unfortunately died as a result of his actions. They just discovered his illegal conduct, and he's not a repeat offender from what I've read, so I am not surprised that they're not throwing him in jail for this.
1: All right, I have one last uh, question for you. I'm going to have to explain this a little bit, but this week... On Friday, the Raiders are going to play at Allegiant Stadium. They're going to play on their grass field. Then the next day on Saturday, UNLV is going to play their season opener. Usually Allegiant Stadium would roll the grass outside that the Raiders play on and UNLV would play on their own turf. But this Mm -hmm. weekend, UNLV is going to play on the Raiders grass. It'll still say Raiders in the end zone for the UNLV game and all that. Also, if you saw the Raiders last preseason game, their grass doesn't look like it's alive anymore. But basically the Raiders are having UNLV play on grass, not on their own turf. Uh, the contract that UNLV and the Raiders signed that basically outlines UNLV's use of Allegiant Stadium, it says this, for all UNLV team home games, licensor shall, pay, shall provide licensee with an artificial turf field comparable to that generally found at other Division I facilities at the licensor's sole cost and expense. Would you say the Raiders are violating their contract with UNLV by not allowing them to play on their turf this weekend?
4: Well, look, every contract is capable of being amended at any given point and you can alter specific terms for one game. And I don't know, if I was a player, I'd rather play on grass than turf. That's just me. Um, Those little pellets are very frustrating. So who knows, UNLV might be very okay with this. And so I wouldn't be surprised if there is a little addendum that the two sides agreed. Maybe there was some financial compensation, a reimbursement. If UNLV preferred their own artificial turf and they were willing willing to make this accommodation for whatever reason, there might have accepted some tor- type of reimbursement or deduction in their lease agreement.
1: All right. Thank you for humoring me because I, yeah, I spent too long looking through that contract yesterday to find the exact wording of what it was. So I They might have that.
4: typed up something else, Okay, a, a, a new little addendum <laughs> that they staple on the back.
1: I like the idea that the Raiders might have given uh, UNLV some money to play on their grass so they wouldn't have to roll the field out because... I don't know if that actually happened or not. Um, there's Sam and Ash, Samandashlaw.com, <laughs> 702-820-1234, Samandashlaw.com. As always, guys, we appreciate it. I think Ed will be back next week.
4: Yeah. Beautiful. Yes. I won't hold my breath.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. either. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. Great to be with you. See you guys. Bye. So there is Sam and Ash again, salmonashlaw.com, 702-820-1234. When we come back, we go deep inside Candy's Chonies.
5: Candies, chonies. Eh, nobody cares about that. It's not a big deal, guys. It is a massive deal. How do you not
4: understand
1: this? Hundreds of corporations have been hacked in the last few years, and no one gave it. Name one.
5: Equifax.
0: Candies, chonies.
5: Name another. Target. Candies, Chonies. And another one. PlayStation. And then one more. Yahoo. Another. Marriott. Starbucks. One more. eBay, Uber, Anthem, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Home Depot, Facebook. God damn it. Candies,
3: Chonies.
5: Fine. We Chase Bank, Tumblr, LinkedIn. People don't
1: care about privacy. What they care about
5: is a good story.
2: I hope we're going deep inside Candies Chonies today. Could be a lot of fun. Adam, take it away. Well. If you're going deep inside Candy's Chonies, I can only ask that you be gentle. Uh, I can't guarantee you're the first and you're probably not the last. I was gonna say, it's Uh, always
3: fun in Candy's Chonies.
2: Depends on your perspective, but uh, check the Yelp reviews. Looking pretty good these days. Uh, Today, we are going to have a Candy's Chonies that is not going to give you the answer immediately. Uh, As you know, in this segment, Tyler is going to be given some numbers. He's going to have to figure out what the numbers are, but not only is he going to have to figure out what the numbers are as I give him clues, he's going to have to figure out how these numbers ultimately come together to form a complete picture. Are you ready for this? So this is
1: like multiple puzzles at once is what you're telling me.
2: This is essentially, yes, it's a Wordle inside a Wordle. If you're ready for that.
1: All right, I'm ready. All right,
2: okay, here we go. Your first number is 1822.
1: All right, I hope that's not a year, because I don't know anything that happened in 1822. It, in fact,
2: is a oh, year. Jesus. The year is 1822. <laughs> Something was invented in the year 1822. The first ever of these appeared. Do you oh, have any idea a, what happened in 1822? A baseball any idea? bat? No. Uh, it is a musical instrument. What oh, musical Jesus. instrument first appeared in 1822? <laughs> saxophone? The first time that we saw the shape of what would become an accordion was in 1822.
1: Okay, which makes it sound like it wasn't the actual accordion in 1822.
2: It was about five years later that the accordion took full shape, but the first bones of an accordion appeared in 1822. Do you have any idea how this fits into the larger picture? I, no, I got no idea what my first puzzle piece means for the larger puzzle. Did you watch the Weird Al movie? Uh, this is not going to have to do with Weird Al. I'll give you that much. Um, your next number is a set of odds. 30 to 1. 30 to 1.
1: Okay. 30 it, to 1 odds. Do I get more than that? Or do I, I guess it's this, 30 is 30 from, to one this is from, this is from golf. From golf. Okay. My God. 30 what are to 1 we doing? odds for golf. 30 to 1. Uh, okay. I don't know enough golfers to know who okay. would be 30 to 1.
2: All right. Uh, these, I'm, I'm just going to, i'll I'll give you a hint here uh this is from the american century championship and the the odds on the winner were 30 to 1 prior to being bet and then once they were bet they went down to seven to one they were in fact bet on not only by people who thought that 30 to one number was ridiculous but by the golfer himself oh all right,
1: this is a fun story. Now, somebody was this recent, or did this happen in 1822? This happened in the year <laughs> 2020. Okay, uh, my golf knowledge is not good enough to know okay. which golfer bet on himself so, two
2: years ago. Okay, so your golf knowledge does not include which golfer bet on themselves at 30 to one. The odds got down to seven to one, and you don't understand how that and an accordion fit uh, into today's candies chonies.
1: Absolutely not. I have zero idea where
2: we're going with this. Your third and final number is sixty two.
1: Sixty two. Did somebody it's a percentage. Oh, it's a percentage. I was gonna say did somebody shoot a sixty two. Sixty two percent. Okay, I'm I'm gonna need more. I don't know what sixty two percent is. Sixty
2: two percent comes from the sport of baseball.
1: Oh God. All right. You have completely lost me. 62% from the sport of baseball. And so far I've got an accordion from 1822 and a golfer who I, I
2: have no idea what's happened. 62%. Happening. This happened in the year 2021. Something happened 62% of the time. 62% of the time in
1: baseball in 2021. I, it
2: could only have happened in baseball in the last
1: couple of years. Uh, Something to do with extra innings. What would have had the home team won 62% of the time? That seems high. That seems too high. That shouldn't be
2: my guess. Uh, Games that went or games that ended in 10 innings. Okay. Before we go any farther, I'm just going to quickly ask Jared if he has any idea where we're going here.
3: I mean, I yelled ghost runner.
1: (laughs) No, I think he means on the whole picture. Oh, God, no. Accordion golfer bet on himself.
2: Something and he to do yelled with Ghost Runner. And he yelled Ghost Runner. Jared got the third number. Uh, in 2021, the Ghost Runner scored 62% of the time. 62% of the runner that goes on base for reasons in extra innings Good scored. Good
1: reason. John Smoltz. I swear to God, if the answer to this is somehow John Smoltz.
2: Well, how would it be John Smoltz? Tell me more. I don't know. I wait. The, does John Smoltz play the accordion? John Smoltz is an aco- oh, is an accomplished Jesus. accordionist.
3: Yes. yes, yes. John
2: Smoltz at the American Century Championship, which is the golf tournament played in Lake Tahoe for celebrities and oh, athletes. Oh my god! Began as a thirty to one favorite. In fact, he was shocked at that number and went and quote said, "I couldn't get to the sports book fast enough to bet on myself." <sighs> The Ghost Runner scored 62% of the time in 2021. And if you don't know why the answer to this question is a problem for Tyler, it's because Tyler is now joined at the hip forever with John Smoltz because they both like the Ghost Runner rule. And John Smoltz is never wrong about baseball. So now Tyler knows all these things about John Smoltz, his new buddy in arms. See, here's the real problem. I now
1: have two things about John Smoltz that I like. I agree with him about the Ghost Runner on second, and he bet on himself after thinking the number was too high. That's phenomenal, by John Smoltz.
2: You're really evolving, Tyler. I, this is A- the worst. Age is suiting you well. This is unbelievable.
1: You like you give me another month or so, and I'm going to be telling you that teams are losing in the postseason because they're not bunting enough.
2: Please, I'm here for all of it, <laughs> and and when when you really make the transition we'll we'll carve out some time for you to play your latest ditty on the accordion.
1: All right, um Adam Candy, website's Legal
2: Sports Report, how
1: legal sports How should how should we feel about a celebrity betting on himself to win a celebrity golf tournament?
2: Charles has done it before uh as well. He's bet on himself to uh to make the cut. I think the the situation <laughs> here is you've got an individual Betting on that individual's performance, where the individual has to perform well in order for them to reach that goal. Now, if they if there were a no price on this, like there are some sports books, if there were a no price and they bet the no and then went out there and played one handed, we might have an issue.
1: Uh, first off, I very much love that John Smoltz bet on himself to win, and the other example is Charles Barkley betting on himself to make the cut. Uh, that's a very good distinction between those two. Um, I'm also assuming the amount of money you're allowed to bet, the maximums on a celebrity golf
2: tournament are not very high. You would assume that the sportsbook seeing John Smoltz walk in <laughs> saying, I'd like to bet on John Smoltz <laughs> did not say, sir, uh, how many zeros go behind that?
3: Okay. We would be able to pick John Smoltz out of a lineup, but do you really think the average like ticket writer Wouldn't just look up and go, yeah, sir, what number? What number? I need the number. Give me the number.
2: (laughs) That is actually quite fair when it comes to what the average ticket writer is trying to do in terms of moving the line down. But the other thing is John Smoltz probably didn't walk in and say, I want to bet 50 bucks on this. So I'm going to guess that the number fell somewhere between, you know, average whale at a baccarat table and average uh, tourist from Oklahoma, which probably requires supervisor
3: approval. If you could bet the no on something, would you bet the no on your performance? And then, like, like as a, well, if I suck, then at least I win some money. But if I'm good, hey, I'm good. Did either
2: of you ever see, along those lines, the horrendous ESPN uh, scripted poker series, Tilt?
3: No. Oh, i okay like a tv show when i worked at yes. a uh when i worked at a pawn shop we would get in hundreds of copies of that in playmakers and we oh, playmakers was horrible and it was like four dollars for the complete season okay we've got 25 of them dollar 99 for the complete <laughs> season somebody <laughs> buy these
2: please take it off our hands well in the terrible series tilt Uh, The season culminates where there's this villain poker player that this group of more noble poker players are working to take down, and they ultimately end up beating him at the final table, and he doesn't seem all that upset. Why? Because he knew that something was up. He knew that somehow this group had their number, and according to Tilt, his daughter went and bet on him at the sportsbook to lose when bet on the other group to win and so he still made money off it
1: yeah yeah that sounds legal because
2: wait you can bet
1: on poker tournament okay yeah right. yeah right.
2: as, as, uh, yeah especially I, I believe the daughter was Olivia Wilde as well I don't think they're taking her bet
1: all right um Yep, I'm going to go with the uh, I like the villain poker player more than the noble poker player already. Noble. poker. You, you, you like team John poker? Smoltz betting on himself. So, of course, you like this guy betting on himself. I do. I'm not asking you more questions about this weird poker show. Tyler because,
2: Smoltz. Get
1: out of here. We've got Luke Bryan tickets to give away at Resorts World. He's doing three shows there. We got tickets for the show on August 31st. A pair of tickets. Call in now, 702-364-1100. Be caller number 12 at 702-364-1100. You'll win a pair of tickets to go see Luke Bryan at Resorts World at the end of the month. That's 702-364-1100.
3: Derek, just real quick. Obviously, Josh, the time he spent with doing the – had his fingerprints on that office. I'm curious if you saw any glimpses when you were watching them. ones. Huh? Are there any glimpses that are left over whatever it is that they're doing – and then you maybe saw, you like, oh wow, this is, and he gave you an inclination as to how to do something. Or is there anything you saw from the Patriots offense?
4: I gotta be honest,
1: I saw like two plays until the two minute drive. Uh, because we would come off and treat it like a, like a game. I'd sit down and do the conversation, talk through it kind of thing. So if I'm honest, I didn't really, I saw only a couple plays.
5: Yeah. You're locked in the press
1: box. Jared, who won the tickets to go see Luke Bryan?
3: That would be Richard.
1: Congratulations, Richard, going to see Luke Bryan. We've got more Luke Bryan tickets to give away the last two days of this week. All right, Jared, what question do you have?
3: Okay, so, and I know no one cares about anyone's fantasy team, but this this happened to me during a draft. I was targeting tight ends, but I was on the, um, I I was on the, the, uh, 14 15 slot. So, are the basically had the, you had the snake picks? Yeah. yeah.
1: In a 14 team league, I'm assuming. Yes. Okay.
3: And so, every time I was trying to get a tight end, I'd be like, all right, well, Darren Waller. And then just he was gone 20 picks, like because it took forever to come back to me. So, I wound up with Taysom Hill as my starting tight end. Oh, man,
1: it's going to go well. Is
3: for you. there. Anything you've ever like? Is there any player you've ever just gone? Well, I guess I'm streaming this year.
1: I mean, Taysom Hill's like as bad as it gets, right? Did, has, does anybody draft Taysom Hill for any position in fantasy football now?
3: I was. I, I mean, Sean
1: Payton's not there anymore, and he's the one that loved
3: Taysom Hill. He had two catches for ten yards.
2: But that's largely because he was a quarterback, so we'll give we'll give Jared some room there. I I have one league that in particular every year, and it's like a fifteen round draft, and like in round ten, people start taking defenses and kickers, and I'm Jesus. like, yeah, I'm just gonna stream a defense by matchups every week. In fact, I would rather have a defense that I'm trying to match up every week as opposed to taking someone so I know I don't think you're screwed when it comes to streaming tight ends because I do think you can probably play the matchups because it's not like you have that one dominant tight end anymore that you take over everybody you just heard Jason Fitz say earlier that he doesn't like Kelsey this year because of the lack of Tyreek Hill there so I, I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing that you didn't use a super high pick on a tight end well I wanted to <laughs> but I couldn't I, I, and look Jared as with many things in your life Even if circumstances deny you your bad instincts, don't take the gift of a good outcome and look it in the mouth.
3: Okay. I
1: I think the problem for Jared is that he's in a 14-team league, and because you drafted Taysom Hill, did other people draft two tight ends?
3: Oh, people were drafting two tight ends, two quarterbacks, and I was just sitting there. My team is... I've got three good players, and everything else is just like... Good Lord, I hope Allen Robinson is functional.
1: Like the idea of you streaming tight ends, like you might be playing backup tight ends at some point. Yeah,
3: and well, like, I'm, so I'm, I'm hoping that Foster Moreau... <laughs> Did you draft him?
2: You should have drafted him.
3: No, I went, the reason I went with Taysom Hill is because I went, well, maybe they'll do that stupid goal line thing with him.
2: Actually, that's not impossible. I don't <laughs> mind that at all for the shot at a rushing touchdown. Yeah, yeah If you're going to draft late, you might as well draft with the thought of some upside... Uh, Better question. Who did you take at the 14-15?
3: Because I'm in a league with a bunch of Bears and Chiefs fans, I was able to get the running back from Indianapolis.
2: So Jonathan Taylor lasted until the 14th pick.
3: That is correct. You should win
2: this league by default.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm not joking. Patrick Mahomes was, I think, he went number three off the board.
2: Like in what I am assuming is a standard scoring league of four points per passing touchdown. Correct. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. Nope. Nope. Nope.
1: Who? I mean, you don't need to go through them. There is only like two viable bears you should draft in fantasy
2: football. Justin Fields went in the top ten. No, my God, and you are telling us that you only have three good players. (laughs) I it's. In what it's, round did you start drinking, or when did you not start drinking early enough?
3: <laughs> I so okay. Lamar Jackson, Taylor and Jones are good, and then but but that by that point there's that middle tier of dudes that you're like, oh maybe I can get Josh Jacobs. Nope, he's gone. All right, maybe I can get Etienne. Nope, he's gone. All right, I guess I'm getting just a random dude.
2: I'm assuming that since you when you say Jones, you're obviously talking about Zay Jones, right?
3: <laughs> Aaron Jones. That was my Oh, okay. That I was, was my second round. About pick. Zay.
2: I lo- look, you have Jonathan Taylor and Aaron Jones like in a fourteen team league. You probably should be winning many weeks and? just based on that alone. And you said Lamar Jackson, right?
3: Yeah. Adam Thielen and Alan Robinson. I think Alan Yeah. Robinson. You be I mean good. like one
2: of the two of them will be healthy. Yeah. So <laughs> You don't know it's which fine. one, and it might. No, I have at, no idea which one. <laughs> in is, any given
3: week, is that what I should do with uh, Jeff Erickson? Should that be my question for him?
1: Yes, uh, Thielen versus Allen Robinson the whole year. Yeah. yeah, that was so. Adam, if you're unaware, the entire time we had Jeff Erickson from RotoWire on last year, Jared simply would ask him, "Aaron Rodgers or Jalen Hurts?" Every single week. It was great. Yeah,
2: I I definitely experienced that. It was uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it was something.
1: And now it'll be Adam Thielen or Alan Robinson. But by the sounds of it, you'll be playing both of them until one of them gets hurt.
2: Your mic is not on. It was then. <laughs> uh, it, wait a minute, you're playing in a league that has one wide receiver. That is correct. Oh, you're fine then, because guaranteed in any given week, only one of the two will be healthy and you can play that wide receiver. You're in great shape. Wait, important question. But I'm going to pick the wrong
1: one. How many running backs does this league play? Two. Okay. All right. You're winning the league. I don't know why you're playing in the weirdest league. It's 14 team league, but only one wide receiver. Why does that sound stupid? There are like nine super flexes, I'm sure. (laughs)